Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is the EHR that I use in my group practice, and I love it. It's got great customer service, awesome note templates, accurate reports like revenue reports for doing your payroll, and it has testing and med management functions. Get two free months at therapynotes.com forward slash R forward slash the group practice exchange. Hey everyone, today's quick tip of the day is relating to how to figure out who you need to hire for your group practice. I'm going to give some quick suggestions on how I do it and ways that I found that are most useful for me and have been most successful. One of the suggestions I have is don't hire fast. I think it's a common issue for group practice owners is that either they feel this pressure or need to hire someone as soon as possible, and so they'll hire the first person that they like because of their personality or that they connected well. Another issue is that we don't think about what we actually need before we start hiring. And so we're kind of trying to figure it out as we're going through the interview process with people, which then leads us to potentially hiring someone who isn't what we actually need in our practice or who ends up being not a great fit. So one of the things I suggest for people is before you even start the interview process or putting out your job description is to figure out what do you need? What does your community need? Is your group practice within a specific niche or is it general where every therapist is going to have their own specialty areas? Figure out you know, which of the two that is. And then if it's a specific niche for your whole group practice, you obviously know what type of person you need when it comes to specialties. But if you have a general practice where each clinician, you want them to have their own niche area so that you can meet more people's needs in the community, then start looking at the referrals that are coming in and what's coming in most. Do you notice that there's more referrals for children coming in or couples or EMDR or play therapy and kind of get a feel for, you know, what's in the community right now and what are those needs and then have that be your specialty that you're looking for. The next thing to think about is what do you need in terms of space, in terms of time, in terms of hours, I think a lot of people kind of pass that up and hire people who can work very, very part-time, like one day a week for three hours, which may sound good up front, but you can quickly fill that and then you really haven't met many people in the community's needs and you now have to hire someone else again. So look at what open space you have in your practice and see, you know, One, when do people most need therapy? I would suggest not hiring people who want to have daytime hours right from the get-go. I think that's something that I personally built into my practice as time went and our nights got filled up. Clinicians who wanted to switch to daytime, we slowly had them switch. But it is the hardest time of day to fill and less in need than nighttime. So my suggestion would be to look at What open days are there in your office? If you have a one office space where you're looking to add a clinician, you know, what days aren't you there? And then also, if you have a larger practice, what days are the other offices open? And then what hours are open and what hours 
are people looking for? Do you notice that a lot of calls are coming in for after 3 p.m., which tends to be the case in our practice as well, to make sure that then you put that requirement in on your job description instead of being completely open to, okay, you want to do one night a week, even though you really wanted them to do three nights a week, but they can do two daytime hours, you know? Is that going to work for your practice? Is that going to be a lot harder for you to fill? So look at what you need right now and make sure that you're looking at days of the week. You might want weekends. You might someone that want someone that works nighttimes. And then also how many hours do you want them working in total, even knowing the fact that they have to build up. So obviously they're not going to be there immediately, but do you want them to be working around 10 hours or 15 hours or 20 hours a week? And make sure that the person that you're interviewing knows that. I would go so far as to say, you know, I'm pretty transparent. So my job description has it on there so that people aren't contacting me who don't already know. I want someone who can work three nights a week and Saturday or Sunday for four hours. So I would think about those things as well. Once you have someone who is interested in working at your practice and you set up that interview, my next suggestion would be is to have a phone interview first, a short, you know, five to 10 minute phone conversation, because you can figure a lot of things out without wasting your time setting up a whole one hour time span for them to come in. And in that phone interview, you can get a sense of their communication style, how easy is it for them to communicate and flow with you. And you can ask some of those questions that were in your job description because you'll notice that a lot of people either don't read through the job description completely or say that they agree, like, yes, I am a couples therapist and yes, I can work evenings and nights. But then when you talk to them, they you know have never done couples work but are interested in it. And maybe that works for your practice, but maybe that doesn't. And so having that phone interview that is, you know, much more casual, you can get a sense of if they truly fit your requirements and the things that you need, but also is the, their communication flow with you well? Because obviously as therapists, we need to be able to do that. And you might find that the communication was rigid or rough or, you know, odd to you. And uh, you might find that you don't want to continue with an actual hour-long in-person interview. My next suggestion is if that person does fit and you really enjoyed that conversation and you follow through with an actual in-person interview is to ask questions about, you know, their specialty and obviously some of these basics, but what's their one to five year plan? Where do they see themselves in a year, two years, five years in the future? And the reason I ask that question is I get a sense of, you know, what their plans are for the future. If they are saying like, you know, I lived in... California my whole life and my husband and I are planning in the next, you know, five years or so to move back to California. You know, I'm in Chicago. I would take that into consideration. I don't know that I would necessarily not hire someone because of that, but if they said in the next year, you know, I might then think all the time and effort and work and insurance paneling and all that that I put in might not be worth it to have them work for me. So I always ask about their one to five year plan just to kind of get a feel for it. But I also ask, why are they choosing to interview at a group practice? What is it about a group practice? You might find that some people kind of are just searching for anything and um, they have no real rationale for wanting to work at a group practice. And they also don't have experience in private practice. Again, that may or may not be something that bothers you. It might be that you are more of a teaching practice and you'd rather have people that are less seasoned or you might be 
a practice that wants more established clinicians, but you'll get a sense from that question where, you know, why is it that they're choosing a group? But another thing is in asking that question, you get a sense of if this is going to be a jumping off point for them, if they're wanting to be at a group practice so that they can learn the ins and outs of being in a private practice and learn from you so that they can move on and start their own. Again, this is another one of those areas where that might be totally fine with you. I don't personally mind people using my practice as a jumping off point, but I also don't want it to be, you know, within a year and that every year I have this, you know, rate of turnover with clinicians that I'm just helping start their own practices. But I also, you know, don't mind having, you know, people that want to see what it's like. I think a lot of times they end up realizing that they prefer to, you know, work for someone and really just do the clinical work, but you get an idea of what their intentions are. And, Based off of your practice and you and your needs, you can kind of make a judgment call about that answer and weigh the pros and cons of that and kind of figure out if that's a good fit for you and your practice. The last thing, kind of like the first thing I said, is really we are asked to figure out our ideal client as clinicians. And I think as group practice owners, we should be figuring out what our ideal clinician is rather than searching just for someone who we feel we connected well with, which is great and important and needed. I also think really making sure that most, if not all of your criteria are being met. So for me, I always am looking for someone when I am looking for someone who can do at least 15 hours a week, because for me, we have a lot of referrals and it wouldn't take too long for me to fill someone up, you know, six hours and then I'd have to just hire someone else. So for me, I always want someone who can commit to at least 15 hours. What I've noticed, you know, I also have employees, so it can be a little different. If you have independent contractors, you kind of have to look at, you know, the full-time, part-time stuff. You can't have someone working full-time for you if they're independent contractors. But it's still important to look at, you know, how much time do you need with the independent contractor or the employee that's coming to, you know, work at your practice. So for me, I need someone who can do 15 hours at least per week. And I'm always looking for a certain specialty. So either for right now, in the past couple of years, couples has been a really big thing and working with kids. So I tend to hire people who are either specialists in working with children, play therapists, art therapists, or a couples therapist. And the other thing is that I want them to work at least two nights a week. I'm okay with daytime hours because we have that flexibility and the ability to do that at this point, but we get a lot more calls for nighttime. So I require two nights per week and one weekend day, four hours at a time. So they can do Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Saturday night, Sunday night that I don't care so much about, but they know that coming into it. All right, so those are my quick tips relating to how to figure out who your ideal clinician is for your group practice. So take some time and jot down some notes on who the ideal clinician would be for you and don't move forward with putting out your job description until you figure that out. All right, have a good one. Thanks for tuning in.